And welcome to another edition of Testify. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, it's me, Ingrid Carly Moses. And yes, we are past another week again, and we are here together. Thank you for making the time to join um, us on the radio program this evening. Uh, yes, this is not only recorded for radio, but also as a podcast. So thank you too, dear listeners, for those of you that, that do connect to our podcast on Anchor. And that is uh, Anchor Testify Ministry, as well as all the other streaming platforms. So dear listeners, those of you that are regular, you will know that um, I have a guest every week, and this evening is no different. This evening I have a guest with me, and um, she's not new to Testify. Uh, we, she was a guest on the program about four years ago or so, um, when she and her family moved to George, um, and I actually know her through a connection with her husband. We work together, but we have since um, established a connection, and she's an absolutely phenomenal woman. So I'm going to introduce my guest this evening, and she is Shanae Decock. Good evening, Shanae. 
Good evening, Ingrid. Thank you so much for the privilege of joining you on the program and hello to all the listeners. Lovely. So Sinead was born and raised in the Free State and she's got four children and she stays in George, South Africa, where I also am. Um, and she, Sinead, I actually just want you to introduce yourself. I always just appreciate it when my guests do that because you can just say so much more about yourself than what I can read off a bio. So Sinead, please tell the listeners who you are and give a little bit of background about yourself. Thank you so much, Ingrid. I appreciate it. So as you said, I was born and raised in, in the Free State and I was the youngest of four children. And then I went to Stellenbosch University and met my husband there and actually got married when I was very young. And then um, started with a family with children also when I was very young um, because we were only married for a year and then I fell pregnant. So I've, I've been married for 17 years. I'm, I'm a mother of three children. And yes, it's, it's been a, an interesting ride. And yeah, throughout the journey, we lived in Stellenbosch and Cape Town. And now we, we, li we live in George, but we also lived in, in Oxford, in England for two years years and California for two years so I've been traveling a bit and um, I'm, I'm so thankful for all those experiences because um, I think it, it just makes you such a rich, rich person to meet people from all over the, the world so, so I'm so thankful for that and yes basically in a nutshell I'm very passionate about healthy food and more recently, the past five years, I've been very interested. I've been sewing into the field of mental health and started to study psychology. So I, I obtained my um, honors in psychology degree during lockdown last year. And this might sound familiar to most of the listeners because my lockdown also looked like homeschooling my three children, trying to finish my thesis, my honors thesis, and my laptop broke during that season. So I needed to work in the evening while my husband didn't work. So uh, it, it's actually joyful to just think of the lockdown stories that we all have. And um, yes, I also did something that's completely out of my comfort zone in 2014. I did my first ever, my first and last beauty pageant. I felt that God, um, yes, I don't know, just put something on my heart, especially I've got, I've got a heart for women and, and to help them to grow in their identity in Christ and also the healthy eating. And then I was blessed to win Mrs. South Africa 2014. Yes, that was also an, an interesting journey. Lovely. Thank you so much, Shanae. Sure, such a full bouquet of a life so far. I want to touch at this moment a um, little bit on your journey as Mr. South Africa um, before we go and expand a bit more into how your life now is connected to mental health. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, it was your first and last pageant and that you entered the competition because of your heart for women. Just tell us a bit more because we're still in Women's Month, May still Women's Month and um, not, not Women's Month, but uh, the month in which we celebrate mothers, essentially. And uh, you joined this pageant and you won, but just share a bit more of the experience with our listeners. Thank you, Ingrid. Um, so it's very funny because actually it's very significant that I talk on a radio program tonight because I was inspired to enter Mrs. 
South Africa while I was listening to a radio program on focus on the family. And that was, I remember it so clearly, I had my first um, child, he was nine months old, on my hip, I was um, hanging up laundry and I just heard Mrs. America speaking over the radio and, you know, talking about her relationship with God, speaking into the identity of women. And it just encouraged me so much. And I just had this feeling that God said, you know, he wants me to enter Mrs. South Africa. So that happened, I think it was in 2007. And then in 2004, uh, actually 13, um, you know, God said, you know, now the time is, is right. So I entered, didn't know anything. I remember I arrived in flat shoes and no high heels. And um, it, was a, it was definitely a learning curve. It was a very enjoyable journey where I really gained, I think, self-awareness, self-discovery, which is a great gift to, to have more knowledge about yourself, but also to just throw me myself into my, um, not, uh, you know, out of my comfort zone and, you know, be a speaker. I remember also it was very difficult to work with sponsors because I hate to ask people for money, <laughs> but I needed to do that. So that's all good. But the thing that I would like to share about this journey is, um, you know, God prepares us in, in such unique ways. And he likes to write interesting, beautiful stories because, um, you know, I had on the one hand, I felt God said I must take part in the pageant, but it was so interesting because um, just before, okay, when you take part in a beauty pageant, maybe people don't know that, but uh, the winner, 70% of your, I uh, don't want to say grades, but you know, the, the, um, what, what's the word? In any case, 70% that they decide who will be the winner is the interview. So you work very hard for six, six or seven months doing lots of fundraisers, but actually in the pageant week, you've got a, a, a interview with a panel of judges and that counts 70%. So I knew that was very important. And I remember I was praying with my face on the ground um, and just asking God to lead me in this interview because I knew it was so important. And then God um, told me, you know, I had this interview all planned. I'm going to be super women, you know, changing the world, changing women, voice for women. And I wanted to be the strong, powerful women. And God just showed me, no, Shanae, you must show them your real self. And I want you to share testimony when you were attacked. And we were attacked three times, um, Ingrid. And uh, back then, uh, we, uh, I was only attacked once, but then after Mrs. South Africa, twice again. But I couldn't understand why God would tell me why I need to share this testimony. And during the interview, the one judge asked me, the one judge asked me, um, if somebody hijacks me and takes the, and, and my child is inside the car and the robber drives away with the car, will I be able to forgive this person? And then I knew this is why God said I must do that because then I could honestly tell them and they could see the honesty in my, my answer and the compassion in my voice. And I said, 
I don't know if I will be able to forgive them, but I was attacked. And the, this person, seven years ago, and this person put a knife against my throat and my son's throat. And I was so angry at him. I was angry at the crime in South Africa. I was angry at that person. But I can truly and honestly say that I forgave the person. And not only that, I developed such a compassion for the person that I actually wanted to meet him. And funny enough, I remember I walked out of this interview and I thought, oh my goodness, this was so unimpressive. I was so just me, <laughs> nothing glamorous or glorious. And um, apparently, I remember afterwards, I spoke to one of the judges and they said, Shanae, it was such a phenomenal interview that you could even fall on the stage because that amounts to 10% and you would still be the winner. And I was like, well, that is Jesus because I remember <laughs> I was very normal, uh, but it's it's God, you know, he leads He leads you what to say, he leads you what, what to do and he knows, he knows the plans that he has for you and it's good plans. And even that bad thing that happened to us, he turned into, into good so that I could use my platform that year and um, yes, hopefully inspired women along the journey. Wow, what a story. And yes, I remember you sharing that with me um, and also how I, certainly when you were sharing it with me at the time, Shanae, I was really just thinking it was only by the grace of God, first of all, that you and your family survived and got through that unscathed physically, but also the journey of um, forgiveness um, that you went through after that. So phenomenal. And thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to go to our first song now. And this one is called Whole Heart by Hillsong United.
Welcome back, dear listeners. You are listening to Testify on Eden FM. I am Ingrid Carly Moses, and my guest this evening is Sinead DeCock. She's just been sharing with us a little bit about herself and um, her journey as Mrs. South Africa in 2014 when she won the title and what led um, you know, to her winning that uh, in terms of her testimony of going through uh, an attack uh, with her and her family. Shanae, I want to broaden this a bit more then. You've got a family. I want you to tell us a little bit about your experience as a mother, you know, motherhood, what that means for you. I know you also have an initiative called um, Happy and Healthy. Um, and and link it into what happened in terms of not only this attack, but the subsequent attacks that you and your family went through. Thank you, Ingrid. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> There's so much that I want to share. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we were attacked. Uh, okay, it was the, I think in 2007, we were attacked. And I remembered, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was, I was very angry at South Africa. I was angry at the crime. And I felt like I, you know, I just want to leave South Africa. And I remember God told me, you know, this can happen any place in the entire world. Uh, I remember you said any big city, because it happened in Cape Town, the first attack. And coincidentally, the last attack, the third one, we were um, held at gunpoint in San Francisco. So that was in um, 2015. But it's, it's actually so beautiful because God prepared me for, for that even, Ingrid. When I was five years old, I grew up, as I mentioned, on a farm in the free state. And our neighbors got attacked and uh, the, he, the people wanted to murder him. And, and that person, he shouted Jesus. And so Jesus sent angels to protect him. And um, so it's, it's so beautiful. And then they ran away. So I knew since I was five years old, if I'm ever in a situation um, that's dangerous, I will just say Jesus and he will protect me. And with the first, first attack, I said Jesus. And, and it was so funny because the only thing that the, that the robber could tell me was, um, if you say anything, I will kill you. I remember that's the only thing he said it while he had the knife against my throat. And I knew that I need to be bold now. And I just shouted Jesus. And it's as if, you know, angels took hold of the person and he couldn't do anything to me. And then with the last attack, it then all my all three of my children were actually with us and with my parents and my husband. And we were in um on our way to the Koi Towers in San Francisco. And these three um, men just took out their guns and they held it against our heads and then uh, again I said Jesus and my son I think he was six years old back then he also said Jesus and he said he saw angels that came to protect us and um, so so that's just you know special how God protects us in, in any situation and the the middle attack was um, at our house and that was also again I shouted Jesus and he came to protect us. So, and and in that process, um, God actually led us to go to Bible school in America. Um, after after that attack, we actually didn't want to go to Bible school because it was too a uh, bold step to um, resign my husband from his job. And then after the attack, we're like, no, we are going. And within six weeks, we we went we went um to Bethel in, in California, and we did the Bible school there. So again, God turned that into, into good. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I think, and the, the funny thing is, I really, 
I really make a point of it to forgive um, those people. And then I, I really have a compassion to actually uh, meet them uh, and, 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 and talk to them about their past, bringing me to, to happy and healthy mental health. So as I, as I mentioned, I was very passionate about healthy eating, which I am still. But throughout the years, um, and it was especially because I wanted to raise my health, my children healthily. And then throughout the years, um, I, I developed now this love for, for mental health. And maybe also the attack shaped that, that I really want to, I want to understand. I want to know, but why, why do people act the way they do? And also just being a mother, um, Ingrid, I don't know about you, but there's nothing that can <laughs> make you so humble and aware of your mistakes as a human being, as being a mom. And so I went to therapy with my kids and, and they helped me so much that I was just so inspired to also invest into the field of psychology and mental health. And um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's basically where I'm now. I, I got my honors in psychology. I'm very interested in a movement called positive psychology. Um, that's actually about the science of happiness, uh, where we people went to study, but really what makes people happy? And, um, and there's also the link with happy and healthy, you know, having a happy mind and a healthy body. And, um, but it's not just about hedonistic happiness, you know, um, having no discomfort and only pleasure. It's not about that. Actually, that type of happiness that we think make, make us so happy, it only amounts to 10% according to studies. So the amount of money you've got in your bank account or the car that you drive, <laughs> all of those things, it really only amounts to 10%. Um, and we can maybe talk a bit more about the, the others later on. Um, but yes, it's, it's very, very interesting that the topic of, of um, positive psychology, which is a field I would, I would love to do my master's in that. It's a very interesting field that people are researching at the moment. You spoke about the fact that you called upon Jesus. Um, and I understand and I know you also to be a very strong, um, spiritually connected woman. Are there any Bible verses or individuals or characters in the Bible that inspire you and that link to um, your relationship with the Lord and have strengthened you along the way? Yes, um, one of my favorite verses um, is Isaiah 26 verse 3 that says uh, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you and and this steadfastness uh, I went to research it a bit and it's specifically to keep your mind on God and you know whatever life throws at you he, his promise is that he will keep you in peace and I can honestly say I mean it <laughs> there's so many you don't need to go through an attack um, to be challenged, you know, uh, in, in any way. All of us experience trauma. All of us experience challenges, you know, unexpected events that happen to us, um, maybe losses, grief. And, and in those periods, especially, you know, to keep our mind focused on God and steadfast in him so that he can be our peace in, in those situations. Lovely. Thank you so much, Shanae. We're going to go to our next song, and this one is called Closer by Maverick City Music. Mm -hmm. 
like the rushing wind Would you breathe within my heart, heart And through the raging storm Would you hold me in your arms, arms Cause I need you Welcome back to listeners, you're listening to Testify on Eden FM. 
I'm going to continue the conversation with Sinead de Kock, who's my guest this evening. And Sinead has been uh, sharing with us her experiences um, of being attacked um, three times in total and just what that's meant for her and how it's led her through other interests in her life to study psychology. And she is now currently working as a psychologist as an, at an NGO. Sinead, tell us about this. You, you've studied this field, you're now um, working for an NGO, and you've got this interest in the wider field of psychology. Share a bit uh, with the listeners about that aspect of your life. Thank you, Ingrid. Yes, so I'm I'm working as a as a professional counselor. I'm on my road to become hopefully a psychologist. So um, I am I'm working as a professional counselor at FAMSA in George. Um, it's an NGO, and FAMSA was actually established, I think, 1954. They're doing incredible work, um, you know, helping people to strengthen marriages and sure working through trauma all all kinds of different things and i really enjoy working for an ngo because it provides me the opportunity to work with people from all parts of life and um it's just such a privilege and you know if you i think <laughs> what i really love about it is if you take away everything you know um the color of your skin the the amount of money in your bank account uh, your gender, anything. If you take everything away, we still have the same basic human needs. Um, amongst others, you know, being appreciated, being valued, being respected. And, and it's just so interesting because <laughs> we, we are all human. Sometimes I say, you know, we just can't take the human out of being a human. So it's just so beautiful. I I love the fact that we are human and Jesus is God, you know, and because we need him. And in knowing that, you know, um, I'm not I'm not a bad person if I struggle with things. I always tell my clients, do they know the difference between shame and guilt? Because shame is you, you are something wrong, you know, you you are a thief. And guilt is no, you are not a thief, you you did something wrong, you stole something, it's more an action, you know, the one, the one is identity, the one is an action. And, and if you, if you take that away, that it's not the identity, and we realize we all make mistakes. And, and in my case, I really believe that, yes, we make the mistakes, we need to clean up our messes. But it's in our weakness, where we can also go to Jesus and ask him, you know, please fill me up, make me whole. And, um, that's when we are strong is when we know we need him um so it's just such a privilege to serve in the community and i just absolutely love it thank you so much for sharing that shanae um i do believe that it is important for us as individuals to have a relationship with god but i do realize also that um, many people need to go through a process of self-discovery to get to that point um, where they dig deep enough to have that connection. And I know that all counseling is not necessarily Christian based, um, but it is in terms of finding the depth and the, uh, for the individual to connect to the trauma. What kind of tools do you use? Because I know you're a counselor um, at FAMSA, but you also do one-on-one -on -one counseling. What kind of tools do you use to help someone discover themselves and, and deal with a trauma? Thank you for the question, Ingrid. Yes, it's 
it's interesting, as you mentioned, you know, we can't as counselors, uh, you know, just uh, assume that our clients are also Christian. Um, yet it's interesting because many of the, the, I can almost say the things that will help us to heal is um, almost a universal principle, but it is rooted in the, the values of Jesus. For instance, forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is so important. And um, that is definitely one of the things when we are dealing with trauma is we look at, okay, have you forgiven this person? It's, it's a difficult journey to walk on and we don't immediately go into that because people are scared about forgiveness. They are scared to forgive because they think that then they need to kind of say that what, what's been done to me, the wrong that's that's been done to me needs to be forgotten and you need to you almost say that it's okay and that's not what forgiveness is um you probably heard this but um they say forgiveness is like you drinking poison and you hope somebody else dies of it um so forgiveness uh, is for yourself it frees you of the resentment the anger and the bitterness that you feel when you think about that situation so that's for instance something we do we do narrative therapy um, many times with the clients because for some reason when you write things down um, there's just some things that that pops up that you're not um, necessarily willing to talk about and sometimes we sit for an hour in a session and people write and write and write and at the end of the session they say oh I feel so much better and um, so forgiveness writing that's another tool and then um, we're also trained in doing trauma debriefing and trauma debriefing is when you when you talk about the thing you know if you speak to somebody that is non-judgmental in a confidential situation such as a, a therapist relationship um it already um offloads so much so i always say at famsa we it's as if people everybody's got an invisible backpack and things happen to us in our life and then it's as if we we walk on this road and we pick up rocks and we put it in this backpack and then all of a sudden this backpack is very very heavy so at famsa when we do therapy we help our clients to unpack <laughs> this backpack we help them to take out the rocks and many times we do that through writing through talking through leading them to forgive and and also as you mentioned this journey of self-discovery to know okay what are my needs how do i communicate and we teach them different communication skills for for instance assertive um, what's the difference between you know passive or aggressive or assertive communication and um, the importance of boundaries and um, knowing who you are what you need what the other person needs so we basically just walk this entire journey with them and then hopefully help them in their healing process. Oh, that's so beautifully expressed. Thank you, Shanae, for um, sharing it in such um, a lovely summary, to, to, to put it that way. And, you know, as you were talking about that rocks in the backpack, it's like I could visually see it, you know, picking up a stone here, a rock there, and just loading it, loading it, loading it. And many a times we don't even realize that until it becomes so heavy. Thank you for sharing that with us. And dear listeners, um, 
you might find yourself in a situation right now where you aren't quite sure how to move forward. Um, you might have been in a traumatic situation or it's happened to you years ago and you don't know how to, and, and you've buried it so deep that it's gotten to a point where you're realizing it's starting to surface. Um, I want to encourage you to seek help. Uh, Shanae works at FAMSA. It is one of the organizations here in South Africa. But wherever you are listening from in the world, because as I said, this is a podcast as well, um, please do um, realize that it is important to seek that help. Just this past week, um, I just want to share testimony from my side. Um, I've just become so aware of the suicidal thoughts that comes from depression. And um, it's also a sign of the times of what we've gone through with COVID-19 and the seclusion and exclusion. And it's become a real problem, not just in teenagers, but in all walks of life. Shanae, maybe this is just something I can ask you at this point. Um, do you have any guidance for, for the listeners, especially as we would start talking also, you know, about this time COVID-19 and, and what it's meant in people's life and the shift that it's done um, psychologically uh, to people? Anything you, you'd like to say about that? Yes, um, sure. I think people don't really realize the massive impact that COVID is having on our mental health. Um, sure, where can I start? <laughs> um, first of all, it, it isn't healthy to, to be isolated. We, there's a beautiful term called social capital. You know, we also, we're always aware of, of, you know, building your capital and, but, but the word social capital is just so beautiful. And that's something that really struggles during COVID because we just don't have that connections and coming back to the um, positive psychology, interestingly enough, 40% of our happiness is human connection, um, you know, building meaning, uh, you know, building, uh, having a meaningful life, building relationships, forgiveness, gratitude, all those things that really struggles during COVID. Um, and the 50%, by the way, is just you're born with the happiness gene. Uh, yeah, not born with the happiness gene. It's just some people are happier than others. You can't really do anything about it. But the 40% is really about, you know, those um, connections that we do have. So yes, we definitely do see more um, suicidal uh, thoughts. Um, people also doubt themselves. It's very interesting, um, especially in the workplace. I also um, do online counseling with um, Healing Clouds. That's the international platform. And interestingly enough, I connect with people from all over the world and, and especially people working in a corporate environment and they're only doing, they're only working online and they, they continuously doubt themselves. So they say they haven't been like that, but people don't really know what the others expect of them because so much is built into, you know, body language and working with people. So I think that's also very difficult. And then people become depressed, anxious. Ultimately, we're just too much in our own company. You know, we need other people. And, and that is, is a bit dangerous. Um, just to quickly put it out there, I had COVID three weeks ago. And I tested positive and, and it, that in itself is also a mental journey because, you know, you hear all the stories and then you hope you will be fine. But I'm honest, I, I struggled with, with anxiety. I struggled to breathe a bit. And that's also, you know, just to almost work through the fear of that. And now my journey of being tired and I need to go back to work. So, 
um, it is a very, it's a unique situation and we do need to have respect for the fact that it is affecting all of us. It is affecting our mental health and ultimately to, to really care about your fellow human man and having more grace and compassion for them because everybody is fighting a journey on their own, you know, with the pandemic in their own unique way. That's so true. I'm this uh, quote that just stood out for me so strongly during this time. And that is, we are all in the same storm, but we are all in different boats. So let's not ignore the strife also of our fellow human beings or of ourselves, because I think one of our coping mechanisms is to ignore what we're going through. So dear listeners, as you've heard Shanae share this evening, um, and just in general, just be vigilant and be mindful of your own state of mind and to ask for help and seek help. The next song we're going to listen to right now is called Defender. And it is back up
Welcome back, listeners. We are uh, that was Defender by Upper Room. We are now at the last part of our uh, interview this evening with Shanae Dukak. And what a lovely conversation it was, her sharing with us her story, her personal story, and um, also her trauma that she went through and how that affected her and her just um, passion that comes with the, the state of healthiness, both in healthy eating, healthy living, and the healthy state of the mind, which has led her to her current profession as a counselor at FAMSA. Shanae also mentioned that she is, um, she also does online counseling. So Shanae, I'd like to give you this opportunity to share with the listeners um, about your, your website, about you personally, and the services that you offer one-on-one. Thank you, Ingrid. Yes, I do have a website. So anybody who likes to do it, and now with COVID, everybody's so open to um, opening up the world. You know, the world is our oyster now with doing things online. So to all of the listeners, I do have a website and it is www.shanaedekok. I'll spell it C-H-A-N-E-D-E-K. K-O-C-K dot com. And they're very welcome to go and, and read about um, yeah, just the things that I do. I also do personality assessments, um, but I, I just love also the counseling and we, we can do our sessions there um, via Zoom as well. And if they want to want to meet me face to face, they're more than welcome to come to FAMSA. So <laughs> yes, so I, I would love to to help any any listener if they would like to connect if they would like to talk to to me I would I would love to hear this story and help them be the best version of themselves lovely Shanae is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners um, as we close of the program to just encourage them or to just inspire them um, you know when it comes to state of mental health or just being the best person that that they can be in general um yeah. so my 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 newest favorite quote is we do not achieve mental health we practice it daily so just to remind the listeners that you know you won't go to the gym for an hour and then think that you're going to do some sit-ups walk out with a six-pack and for you will get, have your six-pack for the next 20 years mental health is is um you need to be as committed as, as people who go to the gym. You know, it's a daily practice. Daily, you need to ask yourself to forgive. Daily, you need to remember that um, to build social capital. And then on, on that note, just to end off, it is um, it was Mother's Day this, this month. And um, I just realized again, and as I mentioned, um, I had COVID. And I just realized again how important my family is. So um, my husband and my three children really, um, besides Jesus, there's nothing more important to me. And sometimes we just get so busy and we focus and we want to achieve things. But we must remember that it is most of the time, not the things, it's the, it's the things that doesn't cost money. Um, it's the it's the small things, but it's also just the people around us that's really, you know, making our life worth living and to just embrace them. And like I said, when I when I had COVID, it really made me think again, wow, appreciate them. You know, what a gift I have to be a mother and to have children. And and um, yes, yeah, so I just want to encourage the listeners to also enjoy the simple things in life. And um, 
used to make mental health a daily practice. Thank you so much for those words of inspiration, Shanae. And yes, dear listeners, um, it was Mother's Day this month and so wonderful to have a guest this evening that shared her story as a mother, as a wife, and in terms of her profession as well, and giving us those words of encouragement. Shanae, I wish you all the best with your studies. I wish you all the best with your profession and your intentions. And um, yes, please just give my regards to your family and um, I just, yeah, I, I really do look up to you. I see what you do in the community and I appreciate you in what you do. Thank you, Ingrid. I'm really humbled by your kind words. And I also just want to honor you for, for doing this program and for blessing so many lives. I, I really enjoyed talking to you and it was such a privilege to be part of your program. Thank you so much. I'm going to close off now with a prayer. And we're going to end off uh, this show this evening with a song by Bethel Music called Who You Are. And so we end off in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, I thank you so much for the privilege, Lord, to come before you this evening, to come before you at your throne of grace. Father, so many times, Father God, we go through this world, through our life, and we pick up all these things, Lord, and add it onto the weight of our shoulders, Father, when it's something that we should be handing over to you. You are our Father, you are, the, you are our Lord, you hold us in the palm of your hands but many a times we disconnect ourselves and we hold on to these emo this emotional baggage lord without handing it over to you please forgive us father god for those times that we do that forgive us too lord for when we look at others in judgment and we weigh ourselves up against them and in so doing diminish our value lord according to how you have formed us and the purpose that you have given us Father God, please be with those individuals struggling during this time, Lord, of isolation, this time of disconnect. Please be with the families, Lord, that are going through strife because of family issues that they have not worked through. Father, we thank you that we can come before your throne. I also thank you for um, workers in your harvest fields, such as Sinead Cock and individuals that work at organizations such as FAMSA and Lifeline and those kind of organizations that are their Lord to be able to help us through the difficulties of this life. Father, may your will be done in our lives and may we learn to forgive others wholeheartedly just as you forgive us. Father, we cannot go through this life without you. Please come into our lives, our sovereign guide, our counselor, our Abba Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming before you this evening. Please be with the listeners, dear Lord. May they be touched by the word shared this evening. Please bless this radio station too in the work that they do in reaching out to the community. And bless us all, dear Father God. Amen. We play out with Who You Are by Bethel Music. Keep well, dear listeners, until we meet again next week. Good night.
for real.